Hello, I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Yeah, and you drop your voice. That could be our first intro. (laughs) So without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. In this episode, we welcome my husband, Bobby, and David's friend and fellow ADHD clinician, Noah, who both happen to have ADHD. Thank you so much for joining us, Bobby and Noah. Now, let's get started. There's something called rejection-sensitive dysphoria, RSD, mm-hmm. that comes along with ADHD in, in often cases. And these are people people who experience RSD or people that experience any form of redirection as intense there's a default, like there's four reactions around it. So I could walk up to you and say like, hey, did you did you forget to bring this thing? And you'd be like, stop yelling at me. And you would like run away uh, because it would feel disproportionate. Like the actual question would feel like barbed wire for one person and actually at times maybe not be the barbed wire. And why, are you, why are you touching? Are you touching me because you have sympathy for what I deal with or, or because I do this? I'm confused. <laughs> both, both, but I think you definitely got this, whatever it's called. Rejection sensitive dysphoria. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Well, I'll but be the judge of that. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, like you know, with a, asparagus pee, like you have to have the gene to like, like actually eat asparagus and then make asparagus pee. But then you also have to have the gene to smell asparagus <laughs> wait, pee. Wait, so I just, I want to leave it there. I just want to leave it floating. No, but what you're, you mean that when you eat asparagus, there's a scent, you smell the scent to your pee. That's yeah. what you're So you have to have the gene to make the stink pee. And yeah. then you have to have the really? gene to smell the stink pee. I yes. made that's, everybody's. that's news to me. I had no idea. Is that like cilantro tasting like soap? Yeah, to me it does. A hundred percent. Oh, I'm sorry. It's no. gross. It's like putting it's Irish so spring. Sad. It's like someone taking Irish so spring to a cheese grater on top of a salad. Oh, that's so sad. Then again, I hate the taste of coffee, so. But, but see, it's all. Yeah. But it goes <gasps> like, but it, it's like, it's almost like the asparagus situation with reaction, reactive sensitive dysphoria, right? Because all of a sudden you don't know if you're the one that's being overly aggressive or you don't know if you're the one that's actually taking the injury too hard. It can go both ways. And then, of course, <laughs> if both people have ADHD, I can see there's a relative inconsistency of, like, at times this is something that elicits a lot of anger, and this time it didn't, but you're trained to experience the anger. So it's like it's like when it's like when you're little and your dad, like, drops the coffee, and you're, like, ready for someone to, like, you know, explode, and he's like, I need to go upstairs. And, like, he walks upstairs, <laughs> and your dad's pissed. And, like, you go, and you're so scared because, like, that's the moment that, like, something bad happened, right? And it's, like, it's like, oh, God. It's, he normally screams and punches things, but this like, oh, it's so much worse. And so it's like, how do you know? The reason that this is intense is, like, this is a population that fails so frequently. <laughs> like, look, right? We make, I make more mistakes before breakfast than most people do all week. And it's like, the, the, to think about how scary the world becomes for some people that can't handle the rejection that has to accompany some of those mistakes. And I'm just going to say it back to you to make sure I took this in. 
what I'm taking from this on top of the other things you said, but it feels like this is the echoing part in my brain, is that the rejection sensitivity piece is when any redirection is read as rejection. So like an emotional, relational, like rift. So how to put it, someone could be just saying, hey, could you, could you get the dishes out of the dishwasher? But that person could hear it as- Can I change that? You didn't empty like, the dishwasher. You, you, like, oh, you, like you're on me? You know what I've been doing You'd all day? You'd have to flip it. You'd have like, to flip it. You'd say, did you empty the dishwasher? And if you hadn't, then that question- Becomes an accusation. Well, you know what's interesting is as soon as you said that, I immediately went like, oh, babe, you've got that. You've got that thing, whatever he's talking about. <laughs> to with The rejection, sensitivity, whatever thing. Oh, Are you nodding? Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. You're, you're aware of this. Oh, yeah. No, that okay. totally is like what you were saying where if I don't, <laughs> if I haven't, if I haven't emptied the dishwasher or if, mm-hmm. I, if I haven't done something and then it's just the question of, oh, hey, did you get did you get this thing or, Hey, did you deposit the check or, Hey, did you do this? And if I haven't, I'm like, get off my back. You know, (laughs) it's like, you're like, I'm just asking. I'm literally just asking, which I do this, which you do the same thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. But it is that thing of just, it's just the simple act (laughs) of, but it is. people have it. What do you do if you ricochet off of each other? Cause you both have it. Well, can I ask like, how much does this awareness change it? Oh, that's true. That's mm-hmm. funny. Maybe it could be funny now. I think it could be funny. I think that, honestly, the awareness that we've gained just mm-hmm. doing this podcast has helped loads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I think it could help a lot. No, in our lives, in our, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, this has helped, I especially in conversations or when we feel like we're in this, like, infinite loop of, like, you know, I don't know. Oh, where's my, where's my keys? Where's my, oh, where's this? Where's this? You didn't do that. I didn't do that. Oh. And then we both can go, we're having an ADHD moment. Okay, hold on. What do you need? I need this. Okay. And then I go, well, what do you need? I need this. Okay. Great. Let's, let's <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because it's like, what's your aware? It's like so comical. It changes everything. It totally changes everything. And I think the hard thing is, is like you can gain, like no one and I have talked about this before, but like you can gain all this awareness and insight, but you can't just start telling people about it. <laughs> like, like, Which is what we do. For, for a living. For a living, yeah. If, but, but I work with someone. He's, he's part mm-hmm. of the ADHD club. Mm-hmm. And what's hard is, will often have those kinds of reactions around me when I'm asking pretty benign questions. Mm-hmm. Like, did you lock the door? Or do you have the phone charger? And in both cases, what I'm really keenly aware of right now is the reactions that he has are very, very like if he he feels persecuted in these moments. Hmm. And so I feel like if I were to walk up to him and be like, hey, you want rejection sensitive dysphoria? <laughs> do you th- but do you think that would do you think that would help, or do you think he'd feel even more attacked that you were identified? I think that's a dilemma that we have. Um, I'm sorry, but this is prime comedy setup. It's like pure comedic setup, right? That you happen to have a thing that makes it really tough to hear feedback. And then you will have to hear the feedback yes. that you have a thing that yes. it's hard for you to hear feedback. Yeah, it's like it's like turtles all the way down, and it's, <laughs> and it's really. I think it's really hard because this is where the compassion of our awareness can come in, and I think we can have like slow conversations. I don't know what a stage one conversation would look like. Like, 
like maybe record the interaction and no, that would just. <laughs> you were recording our conversation? <laughs> oh my gosh. What did I sound like? <laughs> really bad. <Yeah. laughs> oh man. Well, you know what I think might be, I know what helps. And this is actually a common theme, I think too. I think if you have it sometimes because like you were naming, it's, it's not just the feedback, but it's who's giving you the feedback. So if you read a book or you saw a movie or you heard from, I don't know, some random person you bumped into at a party, this concept, and then you thought it through, I bet you could take it in and go, oh, man. Or like you listen to this podcast. I bet you could go like, right. whoa, that explains mm. like what's happening and here. And I hope at this moment my coworker goes, oh, my God, he does really. He doesn't mean I really like you, coworker, that I'm not shaming. <laughs> no, what your coworker is saying is he didn't name me. Is he talking about me? <laughs> because yes. I know I'm not like that. I am right. talking about I did lock the door. I did lock it. I never not locked the door. <laughs> All right, so, okay, can Did, I... Wait, I just have yeah, to say yeah. this one last thing. That door that we're talking about a lot, it's a finicky door. <laughs> it's really clear. It's not even like, like the door will accidentally lock and unlock at times. And so so it's more of a thing I'm hoping we can join on. <laughs> it's, I'm never trying to persecute. It's, well, what I, was, what I was thinking about when sorry. you two were talking, so, you two have, obviously, you're together. You both seem to have ADHD and you can, like, you're getting this awareness together so you can, like, talk about it. And I think... My wife, my partner does not have ADHD, and um, there are many people I know whose partners don't have ADHD. And what happens is sometimes the kind of hyper focus on one thing, right? So like I'll get hyper focused on work, um, and then I'll forget to do everything else. And the other person feels like I'm doing it on purpose, not like you're doing this on purpose, but it's like just do those things that I, you know, that we talked about and I'll get kind of hypersensitive about that. Be like, Oh my God, I didn't mean to. And then I'll go down this like shame spiral of mm-hmm. what's wrong with me. I should do better next time. And then I'll forget about it 15 minutes later, but like <laughs> I'll be reminded cause it happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. why did you leave the remote in the fridge? Or, you know, why did you leave the toilet seat, you know, covered with toothpaste? Like, I don't know, some random behaviors that like don't make any sense for me at the time they did. Um, <laughs> when I forgot to do all the things that I was, uh, supposed to do like uh, put hang my coat up or like put my shoes away or clean the bathroom or those things that I think are part of it. So what happens is that person just I'm not talking about my partner. I love you. Um, <laughs> is is gain a little resentment towards the behaviors, mm. but feeling as though it's the person. So maybe it's getting maybe I'm mixing two things together. Um, but I feel like getting mad at people because of what they're doing and those people aren't doing it intentionally. They're just trying to really focus on one thing or they like got sucked into one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other person just left like kind of holding the bag, which sucks and they shouldn't be left with. And then there's like a jumble of how to do, how is this going to be better? I think with my partner, when we started dating, um, one of the first times we went out, something happened. I can't remember, but I was like, oh, that was my ADHD. And she goes, when are we going to get over that? And I said, (laughs) never, immediately. Um, Because I don't see it as a bad thing, obviously. Um, But it was also setting the expectation that this will happen again. I will fail. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm okay with that if you're along with the ride. Mm. So it's almost like not trying to be something you're not. Yeah. And constantly trying to improve. I think that's a big part of it too, like the effort. And because Lord knows Robin is not going to be like, he's perfect. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, 
but but I think it's like when you can see the effort and when you can understand your partners, like this is where we go into the Gottman stuff, right? And we start saying like when you can understand your partner's love languages. Okay. I meant to say Gary Chapman. I am so confidently saying John Gottman when I meant to say Chapman. Chapman came up with love languages and Gottman came up with love maps. It's pretty easy to see how I got confused, but it's unexcusable. Just kidding. Thank you. I think with ADHD, you can help prioritize or create structure around decision-making. At least that's how I do it because my partner doesn't ask very much of me ever. Mm-hmm. So if my partner asks anything of me, it's the most novel thing in the world mm-hmm. and I'll do it like right away or I'll set like alarms to do it. And so it's, you can see me working, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time, if I had a partner that always asked things of me, mm-hmm. I'm not, this is not directed at your partner. Yeah, I'm like looking at you, but like, but like truly not. <laughs> How dare I, you? Oh, <laughs> That's that thing partner. we were no, talking no. about. <laughs> yeah, thing. Like, what is it? I don't remember. ADHD. No, but like rejection sensitive dysphoria. There you go. <laughs> but now I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> Your partner. If you were around a partner Thank who you. had Ask was a naming uh, naming a lot of needs, that was such a real a ADHD thing right there. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it, like, if there were so many needs, then all of a sudden the importance and the novelty around them would go go down. Like it would be harder for me to tend to them. Mm. And if that person's love language still is acts of service, and I can't attend to all that, then it would look like nothing but true empathy failures. Like you don't care about me enough. Because mm-hmm. if you cared about me enough, you would make the bed or like do the arbitrary thing that like, it's just like, I really like it when people, I don't know, do the thing. If you're wondering about this love languages idea, it's based on a book written by Gary Chapman, as David mentioned. And basically he's saying we all have different ways we are most tuned into showing our love and receiving love. Those ways include words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service and gift giving. Feel free to check out our show notes for more details. Well, it's that I, I mean, what's coming to my head when you were speaking so wonderfully, Noah, and you too, David. Okay. Um, but <laughs> sorry, that was like aside. But when you were talking about that idea of like, you know, there's no intention behind these mm-hmm. behaviors, and you also have to acknowledge like they're not going to like on the, one, they're not going to like how to put it the 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 context behind them is not going to disappear like. You, you, there will be things that will get forgotten or there will be things that will be disappointing to any mm-hmm. partner. And I would argue it doesn't matter in this case, neurotypical or not, ADHD or not. Like, I know that this is true, you know, at least in our world too, right? Double, double ADHD world. <laughs> um, but that idea of like, well, even if it's unintentional, harm is still harm, right? So like how how to, and so you're naming like how important it is like, because what I'm hearing there is not just like to show that you're making an effort to try to do some of those asks or try to meet some of those needs or to just try to like strategize around new structures for yourself so that maybe you could like, I don't mm-hmm. know, put the music on and make the bed or just something. So you're showing something. What I'm hearing there is really what it is, is it's not just effort. It's, it's active like repair. And I think that that's a hard thing to name because if I, you know, because ha- I think that that's, that can connect to like that shame place and that mm-hmm. rejection place and that part of like, almost like, why can't you just accept me for who I am and just let me be and like, just know I'm never going to make the bed or like, I know mm-hmm. I'm going to leave a mess or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's like, like where, you know what I mean? It's such an interesting. I think it's an interesting line. Line. Because- doesn't circle back to what we were talking about earlier about where we identify ADHD is around 
negative behavior. So at school, I think it's about why can't you sit still or why can't you do the whole essay or why can't you stop talking to people? And I think that's where that rejection sensitivity dysphoria comes from a little bit is that we become hypersensitive to rejection because when ADHD is identified is usually around school, interpersonal relationships at home, all these ways of interacting that um, oftentimes we're told what we're doing wrong. And so then it's not, that sometimes gets kind of siphoned into I'm messed up or broken because I'm doing these things and I can't do them right. Mm -hmm. But right is dependent on the social construct of what right is in that context. And Mm -hmm. we get kind of stuck trying to figure out what that is And then because of the behaviors that are manifest from this diversity um, or variability, we're going to clash. We're going to fail. And so we get kind of stuck in a loop about how to get out of this, but then that we forget it. And then we do it again. And people are like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, oh, okay, I definitely do it this time. And then you see a squirrel and like jump into a box. (laughs) But like we get stuck because we forget. Right. And it's not an intentional forgetting. It's we got distracted. Right. Uh So it's hard to make memory when you're not paying attention. Yeah. Well, and then how do you as a partner not interpret that distraction as emotional, like on some level emotionally or an an empathetic miss or emotionally neglectful? Like, right. You will. You will. You will. But and I think the other piece is it's like it's getting really clear on you don't have to be with this person. I'll just be like that. Oh. That's kind of why I'm talking about understanding. Damn, David. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you you threw down right there. But what if we think about, like, you're, you're in a relationship that maybe makes you feel like you're a pejorative or you're the problem and the other person's the only thing that makes you feel better. I mean, personally, I work with a lot of individuals with ADHD who have injured self-esteem and are in relationships that aren't always equal or mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if it doesn't feel right in a relationship and you're constantly failing, it's the wrong relationship for you. It's not that you're the failure. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. when we look at understanding who you are and what Noah's talking about, it's about being with a person that will be like, I'm not going to ask you to do that thing because you're not going to do it right. I'm actually going to do that myself. Can you do this? Like for me, my partner never expects me to do a lot of things that I'm terrible at. I have a very understanding partner. Mm-hmm. And so it hasn't been like, what's that thing you hate? I'm like, oh, like I really hate cleaning the room with the TV because I get distracted and start watching TV. And so what we work out is that I will clean the bathrooms because there's no TV in the bathrooms and I will clean the kitchen because there's no TV in the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are objective places that are easy for me to clean. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm avoiding work and we found a way to share, mm-hmm. but it was never, you're going to get better at cleaning the room mm-hmm. with the TV. It was never, you're going to, if you're going to figure out how to do this thing that you suck at, that you hate because mm-hmm. you love me. And I think when people start trying to, push push that reality it's like it's an interesting power dynamic that Mm -hmm. that i look like it's not abusive right but i look at that power dynamic with a person that is sensitive to rejection i think about how dangerous that is Mm -hmm. like how hard a person might feel pushed to do something inauthentic to themselves Mm -hmm. or lose the love of their life Mm -hmm. and i think neurotypical people don't always realize that like level of hyperbolic i'm sorry making it like hyper you know intense but like I don't think they realize that there's that level of, of threat going on when people feel like they're failing all the time. Mic drop. I think some people just hit that wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's not personal. It's not personal, but they just hit a wall. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. 
Remember, you're something. Something shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.